0: Welcome back everyone, this is Jeffrey M. Roach, and I am excited to be here with you as we Ed up, health up and discuss all topics around healthcare and education. I'm so excited today to have with us an amazing healthcare executive and leader. Dr. Zeb Neuwirth is a healthcare executive with over 15 years of clinical practice and 18 years of experience in clinical operations, process improvement, population health, and innovation. He most recently served as the Chief of Care Transformation at Atrium Health, now part of Advocate Health. In addition, Zeev is the host of an award-winning podcast, Creating a New Healthcare, now in its eighth continuous year. He's also published two books. The first, Reframing Healthcare, was published in 2019. His second, which we're going to talk about today, is titled Beyond the Walls, the Megatrends, Movements, and Market Disruptors, Transforming American Healthcare, and it was just published last month in September 2023. It has already achieved number one new release on Amazon in three categories, hospital administration, healthcare delivery, and healthcare policy. Dr. Newworth, it is so wonderful to have you here with us on edUp Up, and just wanna ask you to talk to us a little bit more. What first brought you into healthcare? Why did you choose healthcare? And, and obviously, you know, a little bit more about your experiences as not just a, a physician, um, but also an executive.
1: Yeah, Jeffrey. First of all, thank you so much for having me on. I, I love speaking with you, and and uh, so thank you for for this. Uh, also, the first name is actually pronounced Zev, and I want you to call me Zev, not Doctor Newer. So, um, so just uh, and it's spelled with two e's. So, you phonetically you're correct, but it's Zev. Um, you know, I I you know the truth is, and it, it's it's kind of a uh, you know a, a story that folks have heard before in terms of my interest in healthcare. The truth is I've always, since I was a little kid, wanted to be a doctor. And uh, just the the notion of really dedicating uh, one's life to helping others uh, just appealed to me from uh, literally from when I was like 11 or 12 years old. And the notion that you could study science and biology and and psychology and put that all together, uh, just, it it really gripped me. And it's really, it's never left me. I'm still in awe of uh of medicine and of people who practice medicine and provide healthcare and and all those around them in fact the entire healthcare field field it, it is uh just something literally till today and i've been in it now for over 35 years and i'm more in awe of it than i ever was but having said that and and this maybe brings us to the you know to the book and and to the point of the conversation here the the truth is why i've been in awe um I've also been incredibly frustrated and I would say even outraged um, at what I see happening in healthcare and have seen for decades. And that that dialectic, that, that those two opposing thoughts have been in my heart and in my mind uh, literally for 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 almost four decades. Um, and, and when I, I say frustrated, you know, again, you just look at the the, the facts of the matter are that w- we have phenomenal parts to what might be a system but the whole is far, far less than the sum of its parts. If you look at quality, in fact, I was just talking to an expert today. Uh, Here's just some stats. So despite all the amazing science and technology and and all the stuff we talk about today in terms of digital and AI and and just the amazing people and the brilliance, despite all of that, um, 50% of Americans, almost 50%, almost one out of every two Americans has high blood pressure, and only 45% are are well-controlled, diabetes it's worse than that over 30 million people with diabetes in the country and, and it's it's growing as an epidemic obviously as most know um and yet control of diabetes good control uh, the right medications at the right doses it, is about one out of three diabetics it, it gets worse when you go to heart failure and this has been published so i'm not making this up in in cardiology journals um only one percent one percent of all people with heart failure are on the right medications at the right dose. And then when you talk about COPD pulmonary disease, the, the, the number is almost zero are on the right medications at the right dose. Um, th- that's just quality. We, we could talk about the costs with over a hundred million Americans who are in medical debt, many of whom will never get out of medical debt. Um, and, and that number is growing by leaps and bounds. Uh, we could talk about the, the disparities and inequities, right? Which are increasing the, the gap in lifespan over the past couple of decades, that the difference between the longest living and the shortest living in the country has increased by 600%. So what we're talking about is a healthcare industry. And, and I'm not, this is not without any exaggeration, a healthcare industry, which is, is heading in the wrong direction. It's unsustainable. And what's worse is it's not just impacting healthcare. It is literally tearing apart the social and economic fabric of our country. And again, I'm not exaggerating there. When you talk to the experts, behind closed doors, this is what they will tell you um, without exception. And so so I think the imperative is there for transformation, which fundamentally is what I've been working on for for well over a decade and, and would love to dive into with you. Because actually, despite everything I said, I have never been more hopeful and optimistic and enthusiastic about healthcare as I am today, never in my entire mm. 40 year career. And the reason I'm optimistic is because of the journey that I have been on over the past decade, which I've shared in my book, which I share in my talks, which I am on a mission to share with leaders across the country, because we have to get on a mission of learned hopefulness and health but we have to understand the roadmap we have to take, which is what I've been working on.
0: So, Zev, I really appreciate that. And one of the things that I noticed as I was you know, preparing for this discussion, mm-hmm. and, and obviously, uh, you, you are such a human centered leader. Um, in fact, uh, you know, for our listeners, all the proceeds of your book are going to feeding America, uh, Mm -hmm. which, you know, says a lot about you. Um, because there's not many, there's not many authors, uh, that obviously do that. But, but, um, one -hmm. of the things that I noticed, and even in some of the endorsements of your book is, is obviously so many, uh, phenomenal colleagues of yours, uh, at so many of our large healthcare systems, but also ex- experts in the healthcare field um, have also cited, which is the fact that you're also calling for a more human, human-centered uh, healthcare system. And I want to ask you, why do you feel in an industry so human-focused, we're still at a time in our healthcare system where we don't seem to be as healthcare or excuse me, as human centered as we really need to be from a leadership perspective with our patients? You know, why is that?
1: Yeah, I mean, others have written about this. And and I, you know, I'll be honest with you, Jeffrey, really transparent here. I'm, I I have honestly spent less time focused on the problems and more on the solutions. And so my expertise, quite honestly, isn't on dissecting the problems. But, you know, I think I think it's a myriad of factors. I mean, you know we have an amazing, in, you know, some we have an amazing industry. The industry is, you know, nearly one fifth of of the U.S. gross domestic domestic product, um, and growing by leaps and leaps and bounds. Uh, you know, so the industry itself is is huge and sophisticated. Uh, the technologies uh, and the science is sophisticated and and you know the best in the world. Quite honestly, um, you know, business models are sophisticated, but. I I I think the I think we have a great industry. What we don't have is a great healthcare system, mm. and uh, yeah, I actually heard someone recently say, "It's a really it's it's a, 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 a it's a it's a parts shop, right? We're good at parts." Yeah. So yeah, and so if you have a trauma or something like this or or disease, we're we're good at that part and and maybe better than good, right? In, in in many instances, but in terms of of severe trauma or or you know really you know bad disease and illness, cancer, cardiac disease, but in terms of an actual system of health and healthcare, um, really sorely lacking. Uh, I would argue we we neither have a system nor do we have something that's focused on health, and I. I would I would go to to the mat on that with anyone, um, and I welcome that conversation if people don't understand that or don't agree because it's based on facts.
0: Yep. You obviously have laid out a blueprint related mm-hmm. really to the need for transformation, and mm-hmm. I want to ask you, you know, as you wrote uh, beyond the walls, um, and you know, you're you're obviously citing the mega trends, the mm-hmm. movements, and obviously market disruptors, and and obviously you're also speaking to. Um, some of the encouraging signs of entrepreneurs and, and startups, et cetera. You know, we're we're coming off of the heels of health and and many other uh, you know, other conferences in the healthcare space. Just want to ask you, like when you look at transformation, you've been at uh, roles where you've transformed healthcare organizations. What what does that future of transformation and and also the disruptors look like from your vantage point?
1: Yeah. So what I decided to do. Probably a decade ago, I had been doing it in fits and starts, but about nine or ten years ago, I realized we weren't going to solve the problem we weren't going to get out of this dire dilemma we're in and uh, and so the way we were doing it and i I you know like like yourself and many others i I have been at this for for decades one you know shining object after another, one potential cure for the healthcare industry after another and I, and I realized it wasn't working and so i I decided to take a different tack and I don't know you know that I I knew what I was doing at the time 10 years ago, it's only now that it, it's, it's, it's understandable to me, is that I decided to seek out entrepreneurs and leaders who were positive deviants. They were doing something really different, solving the problem in a very, very different way and and successfully. And that was sort of my criteria. Who is really creating solutions out there? And by the way, beyond the walls doesn't mean outside of the walls. It is, many of them actually were leaders who were in traditional healthcare systems, uh, the insurance companies, uh, medical device companies, uh, hospital systems, uh, and some were many were entrepreneurs who were coming from even outside of the industry. Beyond means to transcend. And I was finding these transcendent, successful leaders... And I would interview them, uh, and my interviews went sometimes for you know an hour to two hours. I would record those interviews and transcribe them, and then I would study the transcripts, looking for the deep patterns. And I've done hundreds and hundreds of these over the past decade. And it was through this you know study, if you will, it was almost sort of like a, a ethnographic study where I was a participant observer, really trying to understand this diverging culture of successful entrepreneurs and leaders. That I realized that that there was a pattern emerging, and it really was only in the last two years or so that it it really started to come together for me. So this is now after after eight or nine, or close to ten years, we really doing these in depth interviews, and the pattern is this: there there is number one a a a digital revolution which is happening, and it is a revolution. There is nothing we have ever experienced in the history of of, of humanity that is going to come close to to this digital revolution. The second is something that most, I think leaders are really unaware of, is that equally as important as the digital revolution is the business model revolution. And by that I'm, I'm talking about and get very, very specific about and the examples of, of the platform revolution, the retail revolution, the partnership revolution. These are literally revolutions, unprecedented partnerships and collaborations, business models in healthcare. And again, we get so caught up on the clinical side of it, the science and the technology that we, we don't realize that the business model revolution is just as important in terms of transforming. And that, in, that includes payment by the way, which is key. To everything here, because what you get paid for is what you end up doing. And so payment is, is critical here, and value-based payment in particular is critical. And then the third, which is, again, I, I don't really believe most leaders have any understanding of this, is there is a humanism movement. To your to your question before, there, there are organizations and individuals who have dedicated themselves to actually humanizing healthcare. And it's really the convergence of the digital revolution, the business model revolution, and the humanism movement in healthcare, when those converge and they synergize, and and it really is important for leaders to understand, this is what is happening, I didn't make it up, it is a distillation of hundreds and hundreds of interviews over the past decade, and, and it's happening, but if we're going to get out of what I would say we've been in, which is the dark ages, and I mean this, the dark ages, medieval times in healthcare delivery, which we have been in, I have been in for the last 40 years of my career. Um, if we're going to get out of that into a renaissance, we have to understand that we have to get out of it, you know, beyond the walls, the literal, conceptual, and systemic walls. And, and it's through these three domains, which again, I provide example literally at this point, I have hundreds of examples that demonstrate exactly the the three-part strategy that I've articulated yep. in the book.
0: And, you know, Zev, it's it's interesting, right? Because um, you know, it's, you know, take take value-based care. Uh, as an example, maybe, and maybe give, you know, share some thoughts, right? I mean, it, it's it been talked about uh, for, for a very long time. Uh, you know, I started my career just over 15 years ago uh, in healthcare. And uh, I feel like I can vividly remember uh, early on in those times it was talked about. I can remember some of the early CMS uh, pilot projects uh, that were referenced. And I remember my hospital was a part of one of them, but yet we still haven't fully implemented it. Uh, across the board in many ways, some people say we're not even close, but you know, why is that from a transformation uh, lens? And and I'm sure you get into this in your book and in, in some way, you know, is that an example where, where you say like, we've got to just get beyond the walls?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, you know, um, it, it is, I would say the mantra in healthcare has been incrementalism and, you, you know, I would say most leaders, uh, are part of this, you know, movement, if you will, or this approach and, and the mantra is something or the argument is something like this, you know, uh, things will happen eventually, but, but, you know, and and probably more certainly than we think, but, but it's going to take longer than we think. And I think that approach has been, it's made sense in the past. It it definitely doesn't make sense now for a couple of reasons. One of which is we're we're seeing things happen in the market that will, will not allow incrementalism to work. Uh, You know, so, the retail revolution, seeing what's happening as new entrants are entering, they're not incrementalists. Um, their idea as slow is faster than healthcare has ever moved healthcare delivery in our country, and so they're they're introducing disruptions and changing the landscape. And so, if you want to stay with incrementalism, you're you'll you know you'll be a dinosaur, quite honestly, I, I think, or or you, you'll find yourself in a very very different position in the ecosystem. That's one. Number two. I I don't think we have the time. We are heading, uh, y- you know, r- right now. Uh, w- what is it? Healthcare I- I- in this year costs something like four point seven five trillion dollars. Yeah. Um, by twenty thirty one, which is just around the corner, it's going to be it's going to be uh, seven point two trillion. Uh, there's no way uh, the country can afford that. There's no way employers can pay for that. There's no way most, the vast majority of Americans can afford that healthcare bill. It'll come out one way. There is no 30, third party payer. It's going to come out of your salary. It's going to come out of your savings. It's going to come out of something. And so we're talking about a, a collision of, of cost. You know, Again, I mentioned the disparity in lifespan. You know, People may not know the facts, but they can see it and they can intuit it. And if we wonder why is there so much unrest in our country, it's because because healthcare is is and and I didn't make this up, but healthcare is killing the American dream fast. And so I don't think we have the time. And I, I honestly think it's the it's it's what's happening in the country, uh, in part because of healthcare, that is going to be driving a, a major inflection soon. I um, I believe we have the time to reverse it, um, but mm-hmm. we need leaders to understand that, and we need leaders to know. Look, here's the path. Here's what we have to do. Um, this is not the kind of conversation people have, yeah. uh, and 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 yet I think it's it, that's why I'm so intent and 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 on getting the message out there and 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 sharing these learnings. Uh, we have to get on the same page. Uh, it is a collective effort. Yeah,
0: many um, many leaders, even in healthcare, mm-hmm. that I talk to will say it's broken. Uh, many will say it's broken so far that we actually have to build a new system. Yeah. What gives you hope? You know, as somebody who who has been not, you know, not just a physician, but an executive, an author, uh, someone that speaks at the highest levels of our healthcare system, um, what gives you that sense of hope? And, and what do you say to people who say, you know, that it's broken, uh, that have lost hope, that, you know, they've tried, they try again, and they try again, and it just, they just can't do it. Uh, what gives you that hope?
1: Yeah, I I think you know I I know exactly how I I know I understand the learned helplessness in healthcare. I, I I experienced it for for years, if not decades, and it's only through this this journey I've been on over the past decade of seeking out and speaking to in depth over and over again, speaking to these these positive deviants who are actually creating a new healthcare and not talking about it, not studying it, not thinking about the problems. They're actually creating the solutions successfully that I I've seen it happen. Not once, not twice, not a dozen times, but hundreds of times. And what gives me hope Jeffrey is that I don't, and this is really important. I don't believe we have to make it up. I don't believe Mm -hmm. we have to spend the next five or 10 years studying models. I Because by the time we get the answers, the, 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 the questions will be, will be historic in large part. And so I, I and, and that's no disrespect to anyone or what anyone's doing right now. It's just, it's the truth I, I see. And so we literally can, can start to curate and, and adapt and adopt these solutions and still continue to create new ones at, 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 at an agile pace. But that gives me hope that the answers are already out there. Um, we can start to collect them and adapt them. And, you know, again, I could I can give you specific examples, right? If you'd like. Uh, and they're so and that's what the thing is, the true stories, the real stories, these real organizations exist. And for me, when I when I talk to audiences and, and talk to boards and, and C suites and and associations, I all I do is share these stories that fall under the these revolutions I talked about. They're already here. Yeah. Um that's the that's what gives me hope, Jeffrey.
0: Yeah, I want to ask you. We are, as you know, at probably one of the most challenging times in healthcare. When we when it comes to workforce, mm-hmm. um, the data is just as pure as anything. Mm-hmm. We're losing more and more people every day. Mm-hmm. We don't have as many coming out of pretty much every healthcare-related academic program: nursing, medical school, mm-hmm. pharmacy school, allied health. You name it. Uh, we have more and more people retiring, and we also have people leaving healthcare because of frustration with a whole litany of different things. Yep. Some of which you know we've talked about here. Some of it uh, around culture. Some of it around bad leaders. You name it. Hmm. Um. What do we do there? Because obviously you've got to have the clinicians. You've got to have the healthcare professionals mm-hmm. uh, to take care of patients. Um. And and even whether it's a startup or a hospital uh, or a physician office or MSURG, you name it. We've got to have that. What are your thoughts there around transformation?
1: Yeah, and, and you're absolutely right. Um, fact uh, that I read or stat that I read recently: uh, over one out of every four nurses over the next three or four years is going to be leaving the profession. Um, and, and to your point, we don't have a pipeline because we don't have the the nurses who can teach uh, nursing students. And for those who think that AI is going to solve that problem. Um, not, not anytime soon. Um, Mm -hmm. not for, I, I don't (laughs) even know how long out that's going to take, but it's not going to happen in enough time. Um, you know, you're not going to, you're not going to see machines replacing doctors or nurses or PAs or, or techs. And, and by the way, you know, as bad as it is right now, when we lose, you know, over one quarter of the nurses in the next three or four years, none of us is going to want to walk into a healthcare center um, because nurses are the lifeline. Um, they hold the system together, and without them, we're really going to be in trouble. So your point is incredibly well taken. Um, I, I think that you know, again, this is why it's so critical that we turn the ship around now. And I was talking to a healthcare executive, a, a, a young woman who's who's absolutely brilliant. And she said, you know, Zeb, the problem is right now we are trying to, to turn around this this aircraft carrier with paddles, and uh, you know, and 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 that's not working. And and, and she's absolutely right. Um, what we need is the the, the folks on the bridge, um, the folks who have the steering wheels of the aircraft carriers. We need them in in a in a united collective way to turn the aircraft carriers around. Now that can happen. That can happen. Um, but it, it's gotta be, you know, that's, and, and here's the point. The point is fundamentally, it always, it comes down to this one point leadership. Yep. Um, we need, now I'm not saying we need different leaders. We need a different leadership. And, you know, someone said to me as I was speaking in one of the talks over the past few weeks, they came up to me and said, I know what your talk's about. And I said, what? And they said, your talk's about leadership. And I was like, Wow. You really got it. Um yep. first person who's actually come up to me and said, "You know what it, it at its core, that is exactly what it's about. It's about leadership. It's about a different type of leadership, and again, not leaders, but leadership, which I think our current leaders can adopt. Um I've had some people, some really smart people argue with me and say, "Listen, Zeb, the C-suites and the boards of of hospital systems and 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 and, and pharmaceutical companies and insurance companies, um, you know, and, and retail companies that are doing healthcare, they're they're not going to read your book. And even if they read it, they won't understand it. I I disagree. I I am hopeful that that the C-suite and boards of healthcare systems and stakeholders across the country will read this book. They will seek me out to have the conversations, they will challenge it, but I do think that we the biggest ship we need to turn around is, is the leadership ship and that's, um, (laughs) leadership. Um, and, um, and that's, uh, that's, I am hopeful about that at this moment in time, super hopeful about that because the leaders are brilliant, no question about it, but we need, we need to turn the leadership around.
0: Yeah. Well, and I think to your point, one of the things I've written on many Mm -hmm. times on this subject is we also have to have more diverse leadership, uh, particularly at the board level. You know, you think about it, we don't have, you know, I mean, less than less than 1% of our of our healthcare systems today have a nurse on the board. Mm -hmm. Yet, when you think about it, there's always a physician. Um, And again, I love our physicians, but you've got to also have a nurse because when you and whether that's a retired nurse or, you know, current nurse, there's ways to figure this out. Um, We've got to have different voices there because the reality of it is, is we've got to shift models of care. We've got to shift models of practice. Um, and if you don't have people who actually live that experience, how can you make a decision on it?
1: I, you, you said it and I completely agree with you. No question about it. And I, I know this issue firsthand. Yeah. I see it daily. I've seen it over my career. I see it now. Um, you know, it's, it's especially when times are tough, you know, let me just say this about both the diversity issue and, and, and the leadership issue, you know, when, when things were really good, this is a true story. Um, and I, I did write about this, I think, in the epilogue of the mm. book, uh, Beyond the Walls. You know, when things were good and 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 hospital systems and everyone was making tons of of revenue and tons of margin, you know, three four you know years ago, um, pre pandemic, when I would speak, uh, it, it was you know the 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 hand raised was you know Zev, you know, why why would we change? Things are going so well, we're making yeah. so much money. And yep. and and now the argument is the same. It's just a different situation. It's that you can't expect us to change. We're so focused. We're not. You know, the margins are thin and razor thin, and we're just getting by. And so, the, you know, the, the the red herring here is that you know, if you're not a leader, it's never good. It's never a good time to change. It's it's really through this humanistic leadership which we need. And to your point, I think I think we need. It's no question about it. We need diversity. Um, I see a lot of a lot of organizations kind of going with, you know, leaders that that have had years and years of experience, the same type of leaders that we've had before. And um I, I think I think we 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 need some new perspectives right now. Now let me just say also I do think that that there is an increased sensibility um in the current leaders we have. We just need that sensibility to really Uh, grow and become much more intense and become much more vocal and lead to some action. Um, Again, incrementalism used to be a safe haven. Yeah. And, but it is no longer a good strategy. And by the way, it is completely unethical at this point.
0: Yep. I agree with you. And I, and I think to your point, it, it, it's so well said when you talk about the leadership aspect, because um, you've got to, you've got to also today have that aspect of inclusive leadership because, we've got to really welcome all the voices in this process because, you know, I mean, and I'm sure you'll agree with this. I mean, when we look at healthcare uh, there's many times where we rally together and a crisis is one, you know, and, and uh, I hope people realize that we're, we're at uh, or very near crisis point uh, within the system today. And, and it's time to rally um, and it's time to figure out to your point, those solutions. And obviously you've laid out a, a phenomenal, uh, you know, recipe that if we would put into process, um, and I would just add for for our listeners here on Ed Up Health Up, I mean, you know, look at the fact uh, to to not just what Zev is writing about, but look at the fact of of people that have endorsed his book. Uh, you know, it's a cross section uh, of of not just healthcare leaders but disruptors, uh, and even CEOs that have been disruptive. Uh, in healthcare, in a very encouraging way, like Dr. Clasco, uh and others who have who have challenged the system, and and so I, you know, just want to encourage our listeners uh, to take a look at that too. So we're we're we have about two minutes remaining, and so I just want to give you a chance to share any other thoughts um that that you did not have a chance to to share in this discussion that you think would be helpful uh, for our listeners. and then also, if you if you could, to just share for our listeners where they can find you um uh, and and, you know, a little bit anything else you'd like to add there,
1: yeah. you know, thanks, Jeffrey. People have asked me, Zev, get a bit more specific of about beyond the walls. I get the three domains. And so let me let me just give you a couple of snippets of of how I have in my talks and seminars gotten more specific so we need to get beyond the walls we need to get beyond sick care mm. to wellness care and there there are some there's some really really good actuarial actuarial research that shows that that we could save trillions of dollars trillions with a t every single year um within 15 years um if we if we open the aperture and move from a sick care get beyond that to a well care system we need to get beyond the clinical care model and again, widen the aperture to include whole person care, because we know that 80% of, of health outcomes are not dependent on clinical care, so we need to get beyond that. We need to get beyond what we've been talking about is some of these inequitable isms, the, the sexism, the racism, the ageism, the ableism, the reductionism, the industrialism of healthcare into into a humanism and consumerism model. Um, and you know, I, I would say we need to get beyond fee for service uh, to value-based care. And, and I get, you know, I go into into some detail with each one of those as I as I talk to boards and and C suites around the country. Um, how to get in touch with me is um, I'm on LinkedIn, and very easy to find, uh, very accessible that way. Uh, obviously, the book is on Amazon, in in Audible, in hard copy. And uh, Kindle and um, and the podcast I have, which is incredibly hopeful, is called Creating New Healthcare, and uh, it, it's uh, available pretty much anywhere you you, you access podcasts. So I, I, it really, this is really, and thank you for asking that question, Jeffrey. This really is an invitation. I, as you point out right now, um, I'm giving the book away uh, and and I'm donating any proceeds to charity because I I wanted to do this for myself primarily. Um, you know, people I have friends who are physicians and nurses who fly around the country and 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 and, and the world, and they do missions um, uh, to to help people using their professional skill. For me, this is my mission. Um, uh, I don't practice medicine anymore, internal medicine, um, uh, but uh, w- what I am trying to do is is help to change the healthcare system, and, and this is my mission. And 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 I'm asking people to invite me to their organizations, uh, to have this conversation of getting beyond the walls. Awesome.
0: Well, thank you for not only the work you've done, uh, you know, for over 30 years in our healthcare system, uh, obviously you have diagnosed, uh, the problems and also put forward solutions. And so thank you for, you know, sharing this time with us here on ed up health up and, and obviously for our listeners, check out the book, uh, beyond the walls, reach out, uh, to Zev, uh, particularly for our healthcare leaders, as well as board members in all organizations, because um, as he shared here today, he has uh, a phenomenal passion to help us solve what we know are some of our most challenging issues, not just in our in healthcare, but society as a whole. And so, Zeb, thank you so much here for joining us. And again, thank you for all that you do.
1: Well, thank you, Jeffrey.
0: You're welcome.